All right, Two TV Sports is live. It's the Tosh and Jerry podcast back after the craziest weekend in sports history, possibly. Uh, we've got NFL to recap week two. We've got NHL, Stanley Cup. We got a quick NHL carnage with Carney segment coming for you guys. The U.S. Open, Bryson DeChambeau taking it at Wingfoot. MLB final weekend coming up. And oh, yeah, there's also the NBA conference finals going on in case you guys forgot. Uh, we'll get you guys all updated and caught up during this podcast. And lastly, after going three for four again, Jerry, the boys are back in week three. We're six for eight overall. And we're going to bring you our lock and upset of the week at the end of this pod. Uh, so, yeah, it was a crazy week in sports. And, Jerry, man, glad to be here to break it down with you. Hey, man, we're killing it at the beginning of this uh, NFL season. Thrilled to be going eight, six and eight for the first two weeks. Stay tuned for the end of the pod for the uh, the next couple of picks from Tosh and I. But first, we bring in Ted Carney here, going to break down some NFL Week 2 recap. Excited about that, and of course, going to turn it over to him for hockey. So, Ted, how are we doing today? Dude, what a time for sports right now. This is just, it, it's nirvana. Um, I'm pumped. <laughs> what can I say? Good yeah. stuff, man. Speaking of sports nirvana, America's team, the Cowboys, was looking to go down 0-2 until uh, the Falcons... Blew yet another lead, so I want to start there with uh, the team, so-called America's team. Yeah, so this this was obviously wasn't the worst lead that the uh, Falcons have blown recently, but uh, same coach, and I think he's got to go. Like, what's he doing there? They're blowing leads left and right. Like their defense looks horrible. So uh, yeah, Dan Quinn needs to get fired. Um, and and yeah, the Cowboys have issues. Dan Quinn should have been fired like two years ago, but yeah, not like if, if this isn't the straw that breaks the camel's back, I, I don't know. And it, it's got to be sooner rather than later. Cause it's just, just like damaging, you know, but yeah, as you said, the, the Cowboys, despite that comeback, didn't exactly look great. I mean, Dak was, you know, kind of putting the team on his back in the, the second half there, but Otherwise, they just also do not look good. Yeah, I think that uh, I agree with both of what you guys just said. And Mike McCarthy has proven to be the exact same guys in Green Bay. Uh, I don't have any faith in him. And yeah, I'm kind of now between whether you fire or who gets fired first, um, Adam Gase or Dan Quinn. I think it's going to be a fun race between those two on the Jets and the Falcons. Uh, both their seasons looking uh, like they're imploding pretty early. Yeah, and, and yeah. The, Fal- the, the Falcons' offense is pretty good, so I think they they, they got to make a move quickly and and hope to save their uh, season. You brought up Adam Gase. Oh my God, the, how does that guy have a job? How has he had two head coaching jobs in the NFL? He's horrible. I mean, that's the are... Dolphins and the Jets. There, yeah. Yeah, the Jets are going to get, yeah. and uh, I don't think they're they're worth taking up time on this pod for. But uh, you know who who is, is uh, my boy Justin Herbert on the Chargers. That guy looked amazing, even though Anthony Lynn's saying that he's not the starting quarterback. He's thrown for the same, uh, he's thrown for 300 yards the same amount of times as starter Tyrod Taylor. And uh, if the Chargers want to make a playoff run, Herbert needs to be the guy. He almost helped them beat the Chiefs. Uh, Jerry, this game was pretty crazy. Yeah, so glad to see our guy Herbie out there. Uh, surprise first start after I guess an injection went kind of sideways for Tyrod Taylor. Um, totally agree with you. I don't really understand why uh, you're giving the keys back to Tyrod. Like clearly uh, Herbie is the guy going forward and he played the best team or one of the best teams in the chiefs pretty well. Um, also the chargers looked great. Like their D line 
uh, kept Mahomes under pressure the entire game and kept them in, in that game. And if their D-line stays healthy between Bosa and Melvin Ingram, uh, I like the Chargers to actually maybe now sneak into the playoffs. I, uh, I'm, I'm a lot higher on the Chargers after this weekend with Kirby at the helm. I, I agree about that, that Chargers take. I, I think that they could, you know, they probably won't dethrone the Chiefs, but they could get into a wild card. And I mean, even uh, around Herbert, he, he's got such an awesome offense. Like he's got people to throw to. Eckler's still looking good. Um, and then that defense made Mahomes look you know, human. Um, but then again, um, on the on the defensive side, like you said, their their line is is incredible. Yeah, the one thing I worry about that team is is uh, Anthony Lynn, their head coach. While it does seem like they play hard for him, just not that smart of a dude. Um, and I think that's going to come back to bite the uh, Chargers in the butt. Um, but let's go to the next game. We've got Pat Seahawks. That was a crazy game on Sunday night football. Um, what I took away from that game is I still think the Seahawks defense is bad and they're getting overrated. Their offense is obviously nasty with uh, Wilson, Metcalf, and Lockett. But uh, Jerry and Ted, both Pats fans here, um, wanted to get your take on the Pats. So firstly, Tosh, I think we found out that the Pats are still the best team in the AFC East. Uh, the Bills barely got by the Dolphins, so pretty excited about having Cam. Um, our defense, though, is a little bit suspect. Last year, you know, we had a pretty good defense for the first couple of weeks, although our schedule was a little bit soft. Unfortunately, DK Metcalf toasted Stephon Gilmore, the reigning defensive player of the year. So that was uh, shocking to see, actually. Um, I think Russ has started his MVP campaign. Shocking that he does, he's never gotten a first-place vote. Um, yeah, the Seahawks defense, definitely not top-tier. Like, I think they will be going forwards. Um, the Bruce Irvin injury is pretty big, but overall, I think the Pats showed that uh, they're here to contend this season. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I said after that game, that is probably the most like positive I've ever felt after a loss. Because you know, coming into the season, or really after Brady left, it was like, oh God, we're really in a, a bad situation. But man, I think that Cam has you know, shown that he's still got something and, and he's pretty legit. Uh, Julian Edelman is just, you know, still trucking along, still doing his thing. Uh, actually, he actually, he, he had a, a couple deep receptions there. So maybe he's expanding his role a little bit. Well, it's also pretty nice to see Cam healthy. He was injured all of last year. And then before that, he had some shoulder issues. And so now it actually looks like he's healthy and back. Um, to his MVP oh, status, sure. which is which is great to see for us, especially. Oh, absolutely! And I mean, he's like he's like the biggest guy on the field out there. He's just a a, a treat to watch. And speaking so, of yeah. a treat to watch, Russell Wilson, his deep ball might be the prettiest thing in in football. It's amazing. So, going to your point about Cam being the biggest guy on the field, what do you make of them with the uh, the quarterback draw to the left? Um, on the last play, not even really having the option to to throw it rolling to the right. It was pretty similar to the plays on his two previous uh, rushing touchdowns, right? So, I mean, I didn't hate the play call, but also uh, everybody knew it was coming, so it was kind of kind of iffy. Yeah, I, thought... I think it's one of those things where you play the result, <laughs> where if it goes in, you know, the play calling is a genius call. Um, and if it gets stuffed, you know, you second guess it. 
but it had been working the rest of the night. And, you know, Belichick said that they went with their best player, what they thought was their best play. Um, and so I've learned from years past that in him, we trust, and I'm sure they'll learn from it going forwards uh, for the better. Absolutely. I, I, uh, I'm going to disagree with that. I think that they should have done, the, they should have done the like Tim Tebow jump pass uh, there and get uh jump, jump past it to some random fullback who no one has ever seen on the field. And I think that fully would have hundred percent worked like every time. Um, <laughs> but I do trust Belichick to make that pass defense uh, better throughout the year. I'm just a little worried about uh, their offense against better competition. And, and if Cam can look as good when there's pass rush on him and he's, and he has to, you know, do different things than just sit in the pocket and throw dimes. Um, but but both teams look really good. So, uh, Jerry, Speak, um, hold up. Speaking of, of of Belichick's decisions, you know, not going for that timeout after the initial Edelman catch was kind of kind of odd. I thought that they would have called that timeout instead of wasting what another ten fifteen seconds on the clock. Yeah, I, I uh, noticed that too. I think that that was um, that was definitely a blunder. You, you know, if Brady's there, he's calling the timeout. But uh, that's why those two are such a good mix. But uh, yeah, he's in Tampa Bay now, so it's all on Bill. But um, I wanted to get to one of our pieces that we have. So on Mondays, we've got not the overreaction. Jerry's got a uh, article coming out every Monday. Not so overreaction, talking about the uh, some NFL takes from the previous week. And so this this week was a really good one. I urge you guys to go to 2tvsports.com and read that. Um, but one one part I wanted to check to, to talk about on this pod was the uh, Kyler Murray MVP discussion. So I think he, I think Kyler Murray might win the MVP. But, uh, Gary, what's your take on this one? Yeah, so I was writing about that, and the Cardinals, I think, were a sleeper team, and they've proven to be a team to really look out for it to make a lot of noise. And so I'm watching Kyler Murray play, and he throws for 286 yards, one touchdown. He did have a pick on the day, but then he ran for another 67 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, And we saw Lamar Jackson win it uh, last year, and he was putting up pretty similar stats through two games. And so I really like Kyler for early MVP, and Ted, to what you were saying about Russ, uh, I think it's going to be between them. I saw on Twitter earlier, DeAndre Hopkins is pulling for Kyler Murray, not for MVP, and DK Metcalf is pulling for uh, Russell Wilson. So that's going to be a fun little Twitter beef between them, and uh, I'm excited to see what Kyler can uh, keep doing. And hopefully he stays healthy after all these horrific injuries this past week. I am I am big on Kyler. I think that the MVP race is uh, likely going to come down, as you said, Jared, uh, between Russ and and Kyler and then um, Lamar and and Patrick Mahomes are probably going to be in that mix as well. Yeah, I, I would agree with all those guys, but I, I there's just something about Kyler this year. He's he's so fast. He's on kind of a surprise team. They've got a somewhat of a cupcake schedule outside of his division, and I really like him. So go to yeah, uh, that TV. division is gross. It, it's really good, but uh, but yeah, go to go to two tvsports.com to check out the uh, not-so-overreaction piece. And uh, and then coming out Wednesdays is the 2TV Sports Top 25 uh, rankings. And so this is kind of like the college football rankings. We're ranking every NFL team, uh, 1 through 25, so I guess not everyone, but but uh, every relevant one. And, uh, and so <laughs> next week, we've got some marquee games coming up. We've got the number six Rams at the number nine Bills. 
We've got the number 11 Las Vegas Raiders at the number seven New England Patriots. The number two Green Bay Packers at the number 13 Saints who picked up a tough L last week. And lastly, the number one Chiefs at the number four Bill, uh, uh, Ravens, Baltimore Ravens. So, Ted, uh, of all those games, you got a ton of top matchups. Which one are you most excited for? Well, as as a Patriots fan, I got to say I am looking forward to that one the most. But I think that Rams and Bills is going to be a, a very fun one as well. We'll see how um, Aaron Donald can handle Josh Allen. I mean, did you guys see that, like, crazy run that he put on, just like truck-sticking guys? Yeah, he's uh, he's he's actually kind of a beast, which is surprising. But uh, but yeah, that he's a, game. He's a big dude. So as a football fan, I gotta go with KC versus Baltimore. Mahomes versus Lamar, gonna be absolutely electric. Uh, I saw Baltimore was favored by three. Not so fast. I don't know. This KC team didn't look so good last week. Uh, I think it's gonna be a really competitive Monday night game. So I'm gonna be uh, very closely watching that, as I'm sure all NFL fans will be. But again. I do want to see what our New England defense can do against this Oakland Raiders offense. Uh, our defense didn't look that good um, this past Sunday night football game, and, and the Raiders offense has been clicking so far in the first two games. So hopefully we can slow them down. Yeah, and, and don't want to spoil our pick. Sounds like Jerry likes Patrick Mahomes getting points on the on the uh, road, which I kind of like too. But another MVP quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, on the road against the Saints. I'm pumped for this. My Packers. Uh, Taking on the Saints, battle for the NFC. We'll see, you know, where each team stands. And, uh, and yeah, the Packers have been playing really well, so excited to see them against some better competition. But, as always, check out the uh, Monday Not the Overreaction uh, piece by Jerry. And then Tuesday, we've got a, a new guy, Jackson Roberts, one of our uh, buddies on the Tuesday Morning Blitz, comprehensive NFL coverage. Um, which is unparalleled by any other site that I've seen. And so he's going to break down each game, give his thoughts. So be on the lookout for that every Tuesday. And then Wednesday, the 2TV Top 25 rankings come out. And Thursday, the 2TV uh, two Sports Tosh and Jerry podcast, as well as our picks on, coming out on Thursday. So uh, we got you guys locked in throughout the week. And, uh, and there's our NFL coverage for the day. Stay tuned for our picks a little bit later. But uh, on to hockey, carnage with Carney. The Lightning and the Stars are tied 1-1 in that series. The Stanley Cup, uh, fighting for Lord Stanley's Cup, which is always fun. And, and uh, we want Ted to give all of us an update on hockey. I know me and Jerry have not been following it the, the most closely. So uh, we're going to get updated like everyone else here. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to getting you guys a little informed here. So, uh yeah, um, stars and stars and lightning. Uh, the lightning are just this absolute juggernaut of a team. I mean, uh, last year they had that disappointment against the the Blue Jackets, getting swept after probably the best regular season the league, or not probably, but statistically the best that we've ever seen. Um, and I guess they they were kind of on a war path. They took care of my Bruins pretty handily they were they were the superior team uh then rolled through the light um excuse me the islanders and uh i think that they may have met their match in the final the stars team of destiny they're awesome they're playing so well um anton hudobin is uh their goalie he was once a backup on the uh the boston bruins 
just one of the most loved guys in in the NHL. Um, hilarious guy. Uh, if you hear some of his uh, post game interviews, he's he's Russian. English is not his first language, but he gets his point across and in a very funny way. And then um, another interesting story is uh, the uh, coach for the Dallas Stars, Rick Bonus was once an assistant coach in Tampa for John Cooper, their current head coach. So a little bit of coaching rivalry, possibly. So if you're a Bruins fan and the Dallas Stars have Tyler Sagan and Anton Hudobin, is that who we're pulling for? Or uh, is it kind of a neutral matchup? Where where should our, our fandoms be, be shifting in the series? So I, I guess if you're a Bruins fan and you're kind of the, the fan that roots for the team that beat you so you can say oh yeah we we lost to the best then you're pulling for the lightning but i personally uh think that it's uh that you got to pull for the the stars here because they yeah they have tyler sagan they have anton hudobin if you're boston guy uh they have jamie alexiak on the back end just this massive defenseman that's uh uh went to northeastern he's playing very very well and they're just kind of the the underdog. Nobody really even had them in a top spot, uh, even as a contender, really. I mean, I think they were, I forget exactly what seed they were, but they were one of the teams that uh, did not have to play the play-in rounds, the qualifying rounds. So um, they were good, but they weren't, you know, everybody was saying Avalanche and Golden Knights and Bruins and Lightning. Um, including myself. So what do I know? But uh, the stars are stars are really good. At the time of this recording, the series is currently one one. So as our hockey expert, how do you see this one playing out? After game one, I was thinking that the stars went up one zero, and I was thinking they could possibly take it in in six. But uh, after the Lightning fought back last game. I can see this one going seven, and that would be incredible for for hockey and for this uh, this bubble Stanley Cup. So two back to back seven game series in the NHL Stanley Cup. What better way for a championship? But from going from one championship to another, the U.S. Open happened this past weekend. I know Tosh, you and I like golf. Uh, Ted, I know I've been texting you about golf, trying to get you more into it. Um, you know, as a casual observer, and so I wanted to. Uh, Talk about the most recent U.S. Open at Wings Foot. Yeah, and so Bryson DeChambeau took that uh, one by six shot. Only guy under par the final round. Uh, pretty much just dominated the course with power, as he always does. Um, but also putted really well. Uh, and obviously, you need to putt well to win a major. And, and that's what he did. So that's what impressed me about him. And uh, Matthew Wolf kind of collapsed on Sunday always kind of fun honestly to watch someone collapse like that but uh give credit to bryson he's got one he's getting closer to kepka so we'll uh watch that rivalry and uh and yeah ted what were your thoughts on the open so uh i i will be honest i was catching mostly highlights i wasn't watching it totally live i was more interested in the uh the football and hockey and basketball that were on man bryson dechambeau what a interesting person and golfer. I mean, it's, it's incredible what he's done, just like launching the ball um, as, as far as he can. And uh, 
it works. Uh, I mean, uh, I would be shocked if we don't see more guys coming out like him. My my question is, uh, because I legitimately don't know, does the PGA test for, for steroids? Because he really bulked up there. Yeah, uh, I think they probably do. I, I remember Dustin Johnson got busted for cocaine, so they're testing for some stuff. Mm-hmm. So I know during the uh, the layoff that he had a, a crazy uh, training regimen and was eating way more than he should have been to bulk up, and then he wanted to gain that power. And to that point, his strategy going into the week was hit it as far as you can, like you said, just drive the hell out of the ball, and wherever it lands up, you know, you're going to be 100 yards, 150 yards to the green. Um, and so I saw that he won the U.S. Open with the fewest fairways hit um, of all time in a, in a U.S. Open. Um, and so that was really just his strategy, and he was going to, stick with it no matter what and they having to work out for him uh, i feel i on the other hand though from tasha's point i feel bad for matthew wolf um i kind of like him but he is young 21 he has that fun kickstart swing um and i was hoping it'd be a little close between him and bryson but yeah bryson more season being uh, i think it's he's 28 or 29 um he has been known to kind of fold on sunday but this this week he uh he pulled it out and so i like the brooks and and bryson rivalry I'm not a big DeChambro kind of guy, and I'm on the Brooks side of that rivalry. Someone texted me saying that they were really excited that Bryson won it. I said, why? Like, I'm not that excited at all. Like, I, there's so many other golfers that I'd rather see win it. Um, and so I'm not as high on Bryson as some other people, but definitely his strategy of just bombing it off the tee seemed to have worked pretty well for him. I think it's pretty cool that he isn't like a, a very well-liked guy. It seems like he's almost... Uh, other than your friend that texted you almost universally despised. And that's kind of cool to have like this superstar villain that golf fans are rallying around. And I think it can probably be a good thing for, for the sport. Well, yeah, the uh, Bryson kept the rivalry is definitely something we're looking forward to, but uh, I'd like to thank Ted for uh, coming on, talking NFL, NHL and golf with us. Hey, uh, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I love talking sports, as as you know, for God, however long we've known each other, Jared. So uh, anytime, give me a shout. Awesome. Well, we we uh, appreciate you coming down and coming down and uh, breaking it down. So now we uh, move over to MLB. Uh, but before two TV sports has an exciting announcement coming soon um, about some of our playoff competitions for MLB. Uh, we're working on some cool stuff. And we're going to get that out to you. Uh, we did one for the NBA, and, and uh, that went pretty well. So we're, uh, we're looking forward to doing it with MLB. And, uh, yeah, right now it's the final weekend in the MLB. We haven't talked about it in a little. Uh, we wanted to talk about it before the playoffs start here. And so we're going to bring back one of our MLB guys, David Ginsburg. Uh, welcome back to the Tosh and Jerry podcast. Big weekend in MLB before the playoffs. Yeah, big weekend. And uh, shout out to the Dodgers for clinching the uh, NL. Um, I have a few buddies that work for the Dodgers and I was at their house last night. They had, a they had like a big zoom meeting with all the Dodgers, uh, staff. And, uh, we got to see, uh, some of the players hop on the zoom. It was pretty cool. Yeah. The Dodgers are, uh, Dodgers are pretty dominant. It looks like, but, um, but yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about this format. So it's going to be, uh, eight teams are in the playoffs. There's the top two teams in each division. Uh, those teams are the one through six seeds. And then there's two wildcard teams. It's going to be a three-game series at the better uh, better team uh, for the first round. And then a five-game series in a bubble. Uh, the AL is in 
LA and the NL is in Texas and then a seven game series for the uh, uh, NLCS and ALCS and then on to the World Series. Uh, but before we get there, we've got some big games this weekend and uh, wanted to touch on the NL wild card that's getting really uh, down to it here. Um, and, and so we've got the Reds, the Cardinals, and the Brewers battling for the two spot in the Central. The uh, winner of that will get in, and then the other two teams will be battling with the Giants, Reds, um, and Phillies for, for two spots. So, David, of, of all those teams, I guess you're a Dodger fan. Of all those teams, is there any team that you're uh, worried about at all? I mean, I feel like if you're a top four seed, you got to be worried with any team that you play because it's a three game series and you know, baseball, anything could happen, you know, three games isn't, isn't many. So, um, you know, I, yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm worried about that first matchup more than anything, just cause it is three games. Um, I don't really want to see the brewers, uh, just cause I think they just haven't really been playing to their potential. Um, but yeah, honestly, I'm worried about every team. Three games is, is, is not many. Some of these teams have some really good pictures. The Brewers, Corbin Burns is a Cy Young candidate. Brendan Woodruff, like, seeing those two guys back-to-back games, like, if they're on their stuff, it's going to be hard to hit. Same with the Reds and Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray. Um, right. And so the Reds are playing at the Twins. The, the Cardinals and Brewers have five games with each other, so I'd imagine one of those teams will get in and one of them won't. Phillies are at Tampa Bay. They're two games under 500. They've lost like four in a row. I'd write them off. So I think it's going to be the, uh, I think the Giants are going to get in. And then I think the, uh, one of the cards and brewers are going to win that division. And I think the Reds get in as the other wild card. Um, and so that's going to be, that's going to be fun to watch a lot of big games and, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, stay tuned for the NL wild card. Um, that's interesting. And then, and then one, one more thing on the MLB, uh, NL the NL side before we get to the AL side is San Diego LA the two best teams in baseball. David, this series has to get you excited, a little bit nervous too, I bet. But this might be a, a fun round two matchup. Yeah, it's definitely going to be fun. Um, helps that it will be a, a five game series. Dodgers are going to have a tough. Um, you know, it's not going to be easy, um, and I think it, it might be a little harder with this format. Um, for them versus a normal format, normal season playoffs. Uh, but, you know, they've, I think in five, I think they win in five games um, against the Padres. I just think um, experience will play more of a factor, um, hopefully in these playoffs. Um, and the Dodgers have plenty of experience. So, and the Padres don't. So um, yeah, definitely very exciting. Uh, seeing Tatis and that whole, that whole uh, young group of guys will be exciting. Yeah, so stay tuned for uh, Padres-Dodgers round two. Could be a really fun matchup. Um, and moving on to the AL, Gary knows a little bit more about the AL with the Red Sox in there. Um, we've got kind of a all, pretty much all the uh, playoff teams are set in the AL. You've got the, uh, the A's, the White Sox, the Rays are all winning their divisions. Then you've got the Twins, um, the Twins, the Astros, and the Yankees in second place, and then the the uh, Blue Jays in Cleveland are looking like the two wild cards there. Um, what's huge is this Twins White Sox battle for the division. Um, the loser of that's going to have to play the Yankees, who are eight and two in their last ten. 
Um, and you don't want to go against the Yankees right now with Garrett Cole. Like, that's going to be a tough matchup round one. So stay updated on Twins and White Sox. That's a big series. Um, David, of all these teams in the AL, who are you most worried about um, if you were to make it to the World Series as a Dodger fan? You know, I like the White Sox um, a lot. I think they're just a young team that's hungry. Um, but it's definitely, it definitely seems like a little bit more of a weaker um, side um, in terms of just the AL as a whole. Um, but again, in baseball, any team can get hot. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, there's a few teams that would, would, be, uh, would be a tough matchup. Um, but as a Dodger fan, I think, I think, obviously, I think we're the best team in, in, the, uh, in, in all of MLB. So um, we just got to take it one series at a time. At a time. Yeah. Um, Dodgers are going to be tough to beat. But, I, I, you know, I, before the season, I, I predicted Dodgers A's. And uh, I'll stick with that prediction. But if there's one team I, I would have to say would maybe give the Dodgers the uh, toughest chance to win this thing would be the Tampa Bay Rays, who have a stacked pitching rotation. They've got a lineup full of no-names, but those no-names are hitting pretty well. And, uh, and yeah, the, I think the Rays, are, the Rays are set up pretty well here to, to go far in the playoffs. Um, the A's do have it lucky, though, getting to play the Astros in the uh, first round, and then potentially the White Sox. I think that's a little bit of an easier route. So I'll stick with my A's prediction in the MLB, um, but stay updated with the MLB. And as always, check out our Instagram and, and uh, we're going to have some cool updates for you on playoff competitions coming up. But um, on to NBA, David's a big Laker fan. We couldn't, couldn't do this pod without talking about the Lakers. Game one, they took. Game two, they won on the last second AD shot. Uh, game three, they kind of got blown out. The Nuggets looked a little bit better. So, uh, David, what's what's your uh, thoughts on the series? What's where's your where's your head at? Like, you think this series is going to be over quickly? How's it how's it going to go? Well, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and I and I told him if there's a game for the Lakers to lose, it's going to be Game Three, um, coming off of a buzzer beater win. Um, it, it just seemed like a letdown spot for the Lakers. Um, however, they did play hard last night even though they were down um you know 20 points a few times uh which is encouraging to see you always want to you always want to you know watch your team at least fight um and they certainly did that but you know it's hard to say how how many games the series will go the nuggets are just they just don't quit which is um very commendable and i respect that a lot so this gate, this series could go seven. It could, it could go six. It like, it could, I mean, if the Lakers play well, it could go five. I think we're, I think we match up really well against them um, as shown in game one and game two. So it, yeah, but you it, gotta be worried because Jamal Murray's on an absolute tear. And I mean, if not for that last second, Anthony Davis buzzer beater, uh, I mean, you'd be looking at being down in the series. And so for you to say it's going five games, uh, is a little suspect to me just because I think that the Nuggets have played better in the series. But like that being said, I do still see the Lakers winning the series because they have like, an AD. So I don't think it'll be a problem. But again, let's say you win the next game. Uh, you're up 3-1 on the Nuggets, so that's not exactly a spot you want to be in either. Right, right. No, I mean, I, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think the Nuggets have played. I mean, in game two, we were up um, quite a bit. 
uh, and and they roared back, um, which is something that they do a lot. But um, you know, it we were up, and it it just I don't know. It it was just kind of a fluke, I think, that we we blew our lead. Um, and I think that's something that they're learning how to like do because uh, you know they got to realize that the Nuggets won't quit. They can't take their you know foot off the gas. But yeah, I mean, I, it could go five. It could go six. It could. I have no idea. The Nuggets are. I don't understand them. I don't know how they play well. I don't, like it's. They're just such an anomaly. No one thought they <laughs> would make it It's hard to ball. break down Jokic's game for sure. Well, now, well uh, to me, it seemed it seemed like in the uh, in in games two and three, the Lakers bench pieces that had been playing so well against the Rockets and in game one, kind of started to not play as well. And it, when those guys aren't making shots, like the Lakers just don't have the offense to really blow anyone out. Like yes, LeBron and AD AD are one of the best duos ever. Um, but when you only have two guys going, it's hard to put up like 120 points, and that's what you're going to need to do to blow the Nuggets Nuggets out. And uh, with Murray going well and Jokic going well, like they can make this a series. I, I still like Lakers and six, but um, you know I count the Nuggets out multiple times already this playoffs, and they've fought back. So I'm definitely not going to count them out again. Right. I mean, you know the same the same logic of oh, the Lakers only have LeBron and AD if the bench doesn't play well, applies to the Nuggets, too. So it's, um, you know, it, it's just, it. I think it will just come down to, I think every game will be close. I don't think the Lakers are going to blow them out like they did in game one, um, just because Jokic got into foul trouble and Murray also got into foul trouble. Um, and I think we have the experience, we have the better duo. Um, so... You know, but again, it's just such a toss-up. I, 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 the Nuggets are so weird to me. I don't know. Again, I just don't know how they're good. They have a lot of depth. That's part of it. Is that Grant, Millsap, Porter, Morris, like those guys? Each night, one or two of them are going to get going and be a pretty good third piece for uh, for Jogic and, and Murray. So that's kind of why I like them. But uh, yeah, Jerry, what were you saying? Yeah, definitely going to be a pretty fun series to keep watching. Um, I think the Lakers are going to have the edge in the end. But it's going to be, you know, pretty close back and forth. You know, I really like what Jamal Murray's been doing. But, uh, David, thanks for coming on today. And, uh, Tosh, I'm going to keep this going with Celtics Heat. Just finished up game four. Pretty upsetting. Celtics just went down three to one to the Heat. Tyler Hero uh, absolutely went off in this game. Really tough for me right now. Um, but the Heat definitely deserve it. And, honestly, I thought the refereeing, the officiating was pretty bad again. But this time against the Heat. So, this game was pretty close towards the end, but honestly, the Celtics got a lot of good calls in this game. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge game. He go up 3-1, Tyler Hero, the rookie. Like, <laughs> what a performance. 37 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Like, this guy's legit. Um, the fact that he dropped the, what was it, like 13th in the draft was a, was a joke. And just another Kentucky player who didn't do much under Cal at Kentucky and is now uh, balling out in the NBA. Um, but, I mean, the Heat, like, they're not blowing you guys out in any of these games. So I think, like, series isn't over yet. Um, they just execute down the stretch. And it's, a, it's fun to watch as, a, as a, someone who's not, you know, rooting against them anymore. <laughs> Right, yeah. No, it's definitely tough to have them have the edge now, uh, Miami. I, I mean, I guess once again, because when they had LeBron, I exposed they had the edge too. Um, but that being said, like Tatum in the first half, 0 for 6, 0 points. But then 
the superstar that he is turned it around, drops 28 in the second half, 16 in the third quarter. Um, so I was happy to see that he finally turned it on and can keep shooting even on kind of a bad night there. Um, but yeah, this one's tough. I mean, he did everything to seal that game. They played all uh, 48 minutes. Um, one thing I'm watching though is Bam Adebayo looked like he hurt his left hand. Um, and he, I think he's the Heat's best player and not like best shooter. I think, you know, Hero and Duncan Robinson shoot better than him, obviously. But overall, he's the most important to the team. And so I fully expect him to be out there in the next game. But I do want to see if that affects his production going forward. Yeah, it did look like he hurt his hand. Um, we'll see on that. But I, I mean, in, with the Celtics, with Tatum and Brown, like this playoffs has shown that those two guys are ascending stars in the league. While they, they might not be the, you know, the top 10 players right now. Uh, I think they're probably going to get there at some point soon, and, and uh, the future is looking bright for the Celtics. Uh, you know, if Hayward could just give you guys a little bit more and play up to that contract, like that's that's the difference in this series. And it's crazy, just in the NBA, small things like that that don't go right, like that's that's the difference between winning championships and not. So. Um, it's, it's definitely tough. Yeah, Hayward coming back from that injury. I mean, I, he actually brought us a huge uh, game off the bench in game three. I know it didn't show in the stat line, but him being out there as another depth guy was big for us, eating up some minutes and pretty much facilitating being that second guy in the second unit, which was good to see. But I'm not ready to write this team off yet. I think, like you were saying, uh, you know, Tatum and Brown are on the ascent, and if Tatum continues to be that superstar, I, you know, I've seen a couple of 3-1 leads blow in this series or this uh, playoff <laughs> And hopefully there can be another one, although the Heat, heat seems to be a, a different breed. Yeah, so we'll be, uh, we'll be watching on, what is it, Friday to see uh, what goes down in Game 5. Um, but right now, it's the uh, time for Tosh and Jerry's pick. The loss of the week and upset of the week. After going 3 for 4 week 1, the boys came back and went 3 for 4 again, Jerry. We're, we're up to 75% this year. Six of eight. We hit on uh, the Raiders money line last week. It was like plus two fifteen. The Packers upset week one. We're you know we're nailing picks left and right. So uh, hopefully that continues here. And and I'll start off with my lock of the week. Uh, my lock of the week. I've got Jacksonville minus three on Thursday night football. So tonight, as you guys are listening to this. And uh, last time I checked, the uh, the Jags were actually good. Like, they kept it close against a good Tennessee team. They beat a decent Indy team. And, uh, yeah, the Dolphins are bad. So why are the Jags only getting three points at home? The Jags have the better QB. Like, I think Gardner is going to put up some points in this game. Byron Jones, best corner on Miami, is not playing. Like, how, Jerry, how is this, how is this not going to hit? Yeah, I kind of like that. I don't think the Dolphins are very good at all, and Minshew Mania is here to stay. I think he's the Jags quarterback going future, uh, or going forward. He's the future going forward. Enough of this tanking for Trevor out of the Jags. He are clearly not the team that needs him. Uh, that being said, though, short week is always on Thursday night football. Uh, I think this is a real test of uh, who's who, a who's who game pretty early in the season to see what the Dolphins are made of 0-2, uh, and if the Jags are going to be legitimate contenders in the AFC South. So... Um, even though it is, you know, if there's an F football game that some may not be interested in, I think it's going to be very telling of the season to come. Yeah, we'll put a little bit of money on it and you'll be interested. But, uh, Jerry, what's your uh, lock of the week? 
my lock of the week, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Broncos. Uh, it's just taking the money line here straight up win. I think the spread last time I checked was uh, six points, but, you know, no Drew Locke. Uh, Tom finally found a rhythm last week, and some of his receivers dropped some balls, so he's actually looking better than the stats were showing, and I like that for him. Um, and I fully expect the Bucks to roll over the Broncos, no problem here. So I really, really like this pick this week. Yeah, this seems like one of those games that Brady, a Brady-led team is just not going to lose, but we'll see if that's uh, the same you know, in Tampa as it was in New England. But uh, moving on to my upset of the week, last week I had the Raiders, the week before I had the Packers, and I'm going back um, to the Green Bay Packers. You know, number two ranked team in the two TV sports top 25 is getting points, Aaron Rodgers getting points uh, against the number 13 New Orleans Saints. And so I think Rodgers is better than Breeze. I think the Packers are better than the Saints. And there's really no home field advantage. Uh, the Packers are really fast on turf. Aaron Jones, super good on turf. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Thomas, I think he's not probably not going to play again. And I think Devontae is going to play. Edge goes to the Packers on that. I like Green Bay money line over New Orleans. Yeah, so I don't understand this line at all. I love that pick of the Green Bay Packers. They've looked awesome the first two weeks of the season. And we just saw the Saints lose last Monday. Um, and so, yeah, they're not going to have Michael Thomas. Or I'm pretty sure they're not going to have Michael Thomas. And Devontae does look like he's going to play. And Drew Brees, you know, has struggled of late. And Aaron Rodgers has looked like he's on an absolute tear. And so I'm not even sure why the Saints are favored in this game. Um, I really like that Green Bay upset. It's, it's basically just the fact that the Packers are always underrated for some reason with Aaron Rodgers. But, uh, Jerry, wrap it up here. And then I've got one other special uh, bet I'd like to say after a little surprise one. But um, what, what's, your, uh, what's your upset of the week? So my upset of the week, I'm taking the Los Angeles Rams to defeat the Buffalo Bills on the road. They're a two-and-a-half-point underdog, and it's plus 115 money line. The Bills have faced just the Jets and the Dolphins. They barely squeaked by the Dolphins last week by three points. Um, and the Rams have looked really, really good. Uh, that being said, Josh Allen does look pretty good, but I'm excited to see him go up against an actual defense versus Aaron Donald in his face all day and throwing against Jalen Ramsey. I don't think he's going to be letting it up like he has against the AFC East. Um, and so I'm looking for, for an early Bills loss and to quell Bills Mafia and all their hype that is surrounding them pretty early. Yeah, I don't hate that pick, but uh, back-to-back you know, cross-country trips to the Rams against solid team, like... Not the easiest, but I don't hate that. Um, and there it is, our upset of the week and lock of the week. Now, for you podcast listeners, I've got one other special uh, bet that I really like this week. We've got the Titans at the Vikings. Over-under is 49. I'd say hit the over on that. Both defenses are not good. Gardner makes you just put up 30 points on the, on the uh, Titans. The Titans' offense is looking really good. The Vikings' corners are banged up. 49 over book it jerry um and that's our bet of the week our ups of the week our lock of the week and a surprise bet here um jerry anything else you want to add before we sign off here quick shout out Corey hayden alerted me on the rams i'm not sleeping on them anymore they got a good team as long as they can stay healthy they're my upset of the week man shout out to you yeah and speaking of shout out shout out peter haw big raider fan Raiders becoming relevant in Vegas and uh, can't wait to go down to that stadium. Uh, but for now, 
um, TTV Sports is going to sign off the mic. Go check out our website. Got some great NFL coverage Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and our podcast is always on Thursday. So, uh, as always, we thank the 2TV Sports fans, and uh, 2TV Sports is signing off the mic.